0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Game of Thrones Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell. And uh, for our, believe it or not, it's our penultimate episode uh, before the show is over. That's a fun word to say. And also, it is our final Sunday night together. You and me, Brian Hamilton. Hello. Hello, I'm here to talk about my pen
1: ultimate. It is a uh, Lamy Safari fountain pen. It is the ultimate pen, let me tell you. Mm. It's got the ink, it's got the cap. Uh, Hi, welcome to Game of Thrones.
0: Yes, and when I say it's our final Sunday, because even though uh, Game of Thrones will be back next Sunday for the final episode, just a warning up front here, if you want to hear what we have to say about it, we're going to take a day. It's going to be Monday night that we record that for some travel reasons, but also I think for some... Reasons that maybe we should take a moment to consider the last episode of Game of Thrones before we talk about it, but mostly because I'm going to be on a plane, Brian, without <laughs> television during oh, no. the finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So when uh, when yeah.
1: the yeah. Earth burns below you with the force of angry tweets, you'll be uh, you'll be up there safe in the air from everything else.
0: Yeah, but then I have to hide from the tweets until I uh, get home and sleep and wake up and eat breakfast and then watch Game of Thrones. Anyway, that we nobody wants and to hear about be that. And then there'll be a horse. There's going <laughs> to well, be a horse there. Well, uh, I'll ride my white horse in anyway. Uh, season three, episode five. The bells is the title. the uh, pen, The penultimate episode of Game of Thrones, and there is a lot that happened. So, for those who have said hmm, death count not as high as I expected, guess what? Oh, Ever, uh, lots of people died in this episode. Lots. Of so people died. much death. There is a lot here. If I if I um. Well, let's just walk through it. And we'll we'll probably stop and swerve about it a million times as we go through it. Let's just walk through it. So the first block of this is we see Varys, he's writing a bunch he's writing notes to people apparently about Jon Snow's parentage and I feel like this is potentially something that's going to come back next episode where Varys even though he gets burned alive uh and dead uh, th- that uh, <laughs> he is disseminating information um before his death about this because he's decided to sow the seeds of a popular uh uprising for Jon Snow as the actual king of Westeros so that's happening and Jon Snow arrives and basically um Varys is there to say you need to be the king um he doesn't say Daenerys wouldn't make a good queen he says it's a coin flip (laughs) Yeah the uh, Targaryen coin flip And I'm sure about you So I think uh, And he says no no she's my queen And he walks out and I thought this is an interesting moment Which is like He goes back to his office and starts writing More things down and I thought This is an interesting choice by Varys who is a very Clever character and I think we're going to say this a lot, maybe. Where is it? The show wants to get a character in a particular place, and so is going to have the character do things that don't really fit with what we've seen up to now. Because I Very feel like Varys being a sneaky guy, the moment that that he tells John, "I'm with you," and he says, "I'm with Daenerys," and leaves, uh, I think Vin- I think Varys should be out there like immediately because it- at that moment I'm like, Varys, you just got to turn around and get on a boat and just go somewhere else because um, you're you're done for. But um, he doesn't, and he's done for, because he's then, because Tyrion, of course, breaks the news to Daenerys that uh, that Varys has betrayed her, and she's like, well, you know, Jon also betrayed me, and really, Varys' betrayal is just a chain of betrayal that goes from Jon to Sansa to you to Varys, and... Um, so of
1: course it means it's John that betrayed. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah and 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 not Varys although Varys like is extra betrayee there. And uh <laughs> and uh Sansa, you know, he, in what I think is a very good moment for Daenerys in an episode that I have lots of uh questions about Daenerys. Uh She basically says uh, she trusted you to spread secrets. That's, your, you know, Sansa used you (laughs) and you allowed yourself to be used and she knew how to play you and you did it. So good job. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah, I
1: feel like. So we have that moment where uh, Daenerys is in the in the war room, not eating anything, not seeing anybody, and uh, Varys isn't concerned for her. He's concerned for everyone. And again, there's that moment of the realm over individual people, and I think that's where his fatal flaw is in this moment, because of course he got some ravens out with the information about Jon. But I feel like in this moment, he is so dedicated to the realm that despite anything that may come of him... He is more dedicated to getting the information out to make sure that when he's gone, something can be sown yeah. in Westeros to get a, a a a rebellion. And I asked last week, what do you think it's going to take for Varys or Tyrion to mount and a straight up rebellion? Looks like it already happened. Looks like it opened this
0: episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's there are two instances because there's one later as well where we've got a character who has victory in death. I think, which is interesting where a character in their moments before they die makes a move that will outlive them. And I think Varys, I think you're right. I think a pretty good way. I mean, look, who knows? uh, We watch the show and then we immediately talk about it. And then afterward, you you know, we'll be like, Oh, that's not at all what I thought right afterward. But right for right now, I'm going to say like this does arguably seem to be just Varys has made his move and his move is he's going to seed as much of this information out there as he can. And, and that's how this is going to work, because in in the end, Varys and Daenerys believe, then they rhyme, uh, they believe the same thing, <laughs> which is this is deadly information that will be catastrophic to her ability to reign. That this that that if this gets out, um, she is going to have a very hard time holding on to the Iron Throne if she gets it, because John has a better claim, and the people like him. And they only and and potentially is motivating, in, at least in part, her behavior in this episode that that, that you know, she can't be liked. She can't out like John. So she's going to have to just put the fear into everyone. And so Varys is just he's playing his last card here. But I think it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I don't know. Varys seemed to be a guy who was really good about holding things close to his his chest and then uh, making a move quickly and leaving if it doesn't work out. Uh, That's what we've seen before. And in this one, you know, I don't know. I just kind of expected him to either try to stay and steer things from, you know, from Dragonstone and wherever Daenerys and Jon are or get out. And instead, you know, I don't know, maybe I guess he was was taking a chance that uh, Tyrion wasn't going to gonna turn him in or but but you know once he told john i thought the uh, the jig was up but anyway goodbye to exactly. um
1: he we got we to got talk to, very briefly yeah. about the fact that we're recording this immediately after the episode uh there was maybe a half hour long break while i waited for you to finish because you started a little bit later than me and in that time i went on slacks so i texted some people i went on twitter and things i i would like to be on record as the only person on the
0: entire internet who liked this episode. Hmm. I thought, well, Brian, I'm going to, I'm going to level with you. I thought it was great. Uh, I thought this episode was great. I have some issues with what they're doing with some of the characters on this show. Yes. But as a piece of, of filmed entertainment, <laughs> it was pretty spectacular and entertaining to watch and had mm. some ang- aspects that we'll talk about that I thought were really interesting. But yes, it does seem like there's an initial response that is super negative to this episode.
1: I want to, of course, reserve my right to change my mind sure. next week after I'm seeing some people saying that they're not sure if they want to watch the finale, which after all this time, one episode, I can't believe. But no. like, It makes sense to me that the internet doesn't like this because, of course, ending a massive show like this that's been on for nine years at this point is going to be impossible to please everyone. So for sure. I'm happy with what they're doing in the way that... I'm happy that they're making bold decisions to do things to move the plot forward and with one episode left they had a lot of moving to do this episode and I think they did it. But of course I reserve yeah. the right to change my mind by next week when we've had some more time to think about was this worth Absolutely. You know, not just this season but the literal eight seasons we have invested into the show.
0: Yeah the, um, the the part of the doing the Flashcast is as we said last week right is it's the quick, it's the quick reaction thing and uh, you know you might have a different reaction if you watch it again and you ponder it and all of those things i do i for me the push and pull of this this last season has been um the spectacle and the and trying to get to a feeling of resolution versus engineering the plot and then forcing the characters to do things that were out of character in order to get the plot where they wanted them to go and it's mm-hmm. a tough it's a tough thing there was a good twitter thread about this last week it, you know and the short version of it is you know george R. R. martin was flying by the seat of his pants and letting his characters take him where they wanted to go and benioff and weiss had got to end this thing <laughs> right and so they you know, two years ago, whatever, three years ago, drew up a plan for the last two seasons and everything that needed to happen and then wrote scripts around it. And the problem with being a planner like that is you've drawn up the rules of what the characters have to do. And even if in the moments the characters don't seem like they would do that, doesn't matter they got to do it and i think there are some examples of that i wonder about Varys as one example of that but i think and we'll get to it uh as we go daenerys is the big example of that but i think i think there are others too um and and uh the what i like about this season i will say is i think they've done some interesting things in terms of not telling the story people expected yes and uh you know, you're going to get a lot of hell from people about that. But I love it. I love it when somebody makes a bold move and says, we're not going to give them what they think they're going to get. And I do think we've gotten a lot of that this season.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's...
0: um, We have a fun podcast to do here. What comes next, Jason? (laughs) What does come next? Um, Well, this... uh, the. the 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 scene with Daenerys and Tyrion also has a lot of stuff in it of uh, you know, our intentions were good. Well, it doesn't matter now. There's a very it's very uh portentous of, you know, things to come that are going to be uh not that great. But uh so so Dracaris uh burns uh varus to death so that's the
1: end of varus uh killing varus feels like shutting down the postal service where it's not the only way to get information around but it's the one that's been with us forever what will all of those little birds do
0: without their candy and weird <laughs> life advice from varus i don't know who knows um, uh so uh I, I and my note here and and <laughs> it turned out I should have saved this note for later, but uh, even just at the beginning when she does this, and we've seen the hints of this going back to last, uh, was it last season or even the season for the loot train where she sets uh, Sam's uh, brother and father on fire. Um, This is the downside of being a Targaryen, I guess, which is, you know, her, her, uh, what, her dad was deposed and killed in part because one of the things that he did was burn people alive. And Daenerys is sort of leaning into the whole burning people alive thing at this point. Guess what? It's going to get, going to get more of that. We're going to, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Um, I feel like, okay. Okay. Um, I'll write down what I'm about to say because it's more relevant later. Okay. <laughs> it's about right. burning people alive. Great. Burning people alive. Okay, John. So John shows up. They have their super awkward scene where um, she says, your sister basically killed him by spreading this information. Um, and she says, "You know, this is the problem here is I don't have love. I only have fear. And John says, well, well I love you. And then she kisses him. And, and then she's like, hmm, "So, but not in that way is what you're saying. Okay, I'm going to... Uh, you know, let it be fear, and yes. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take a moment here to say, um, because I think this this is a thread throughout this episode. This is the point where I f- wanted to flag it first, which is, I don't know. Uh, if this is probably an understatement, I feel like some of Daenerys's behavior is not really in keeping with a Daenerys we've followed for eight seasons. And this is a good example of it where I think there's a I could probably get my head around making an argument about why her behavior is the way it is now that she has lost you know, two dragons and she went this, this whole out of her way thing for Jon Snow to save humanity, but still out of her way of what her goal was. Her goal is to take power. And she's had all these bad things happen to her. And yet at the same time, like this is a moment where essentially she is she is turned down by her boyfriend, at which point she decides to kill everybody. And I'm like, hmm, mm, mm, no. Mm -mm. no, I don't like, I don't like the connotations of this. In the moment, I can sort of accept it as being, this is a ruler who has two choices and John is the personification of the choice she can't make. Um, Not only will he not uh, provide her with affection anymore, but he's also her greatest rival. I get it on that level, but I don't really like the fact that in the end, the girl tries tries to kiss the boy, the boy doesn't kiss her back. And so she decides to murder everyone.
1: I don't know when to say this in the episode, so I'm going to say it as early as possible, which I guess is now. The thing that the world needs right now is not the woman is too crazy to lead Westeros, so let's get the man in there. And I feel like this is the first moment where we really see that in play. We get a lot of that later on in yeah. terms of whether or not Daenerys is a fit ruler. And I feel like up until now, they've done a good job... With an undercurrent of this may not be the person to trust, but I feel like this episode in particular does a bad job of framing her character choices around the fact that she is a woman and the fact that there's a whole bunch of other things going on around her in that respect. The other thing about this scene is that, um, what's the line, Um, uh, Sansa killed Varys just as much as I did. That is legitimate, like, abuser language and gaslighting in a really, really screwed up way. Like, that was a massive red flag for Daenerys for me, for her to say something so manipulative in, like, a... Sexy's the wrong word. In a, like, seductive, trusting voice. And um the fact that... Uh, it, the very next thing was... um Uh, You are my queen, uh, but you're also more than that. And they try to kiss and John pulls away. And that's, again, another abuser technique of like, don't you like, you know, what we have? And don't you like the things that we, you know, have built up in our relationship to the point where you don't want to lose this, do you? Smooch, smooch. And that's such a disturbing abuser pattern of behavior. And I feel like... Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, I think... um... I mean, Daenerys has a has a very difficult backstory, and I think I could again I could make a case for her behavior. I think maybe creatively, the problem here is the producers got them together and then immediately pushed them apart, and I. I don't know. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think it really works for me. That like I, I, I the what the way I read it, especially given how loyal John is, is if he's going to be that loyal, I'm not sure I buy that he's loyal. But because they're related, he, without saying anything, is not going to return her affection, and that she reads that as his rejection of her and betrayal of her, even though he's actually professing his loyalty. Um, it, it's it muddies the whole relationship in a way that mm-hmm. like if you're not i mean obviously this is what they wanted to have happen but i feel like it 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 commingles it in a way that i i don't appreciate that that either it should have been uh it more or it should have been not, but not this weird kind of like one step in and then a quick pull away. So just so that they can, like I said earlier, so they can make this moment where she feels isolated and and betrayed, even by the people who are loyal to her. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. There, there's there's so much more here. Um, yeah, definitely. She, Especially
1: she, because they. Uh, this is the first time she's had any sort of internal strife in her ranks and she doesn't know how to handle that not to mention the dead dragons so I feel like this is a lot of confused reactions from not knowing how to um, how to make this work and the other thing is they're not communicating this feels like a 90s movie where if two people had just called each other on the
0: phone they would have been able to sort this out and they're not they I would say um, Daenerys is isolated right Daenerys has lost uh, her one of her biggest she, you know she's lost her uh, he, Masande, right she's mm-hmm. lost um, uh, Jorah she has lost Varys who has betrayed her she doesn't trust Tyrion anymore basically and Jon she now views as a rival who is disloyal because he won't um, follow her ultimatum right which I said what like last week yeah Um <laughs> not a good thing to build any relationship on is giving somebody an ultimatum, but Daenerys has become accustomed to giving orders because she's in charge. And um, I think that goes back to, again, like, I, 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 the challenge here is that The roots of Daenerys' behavior have been planted in some places, I think, over the course of eight seasons. The problem is that the show has really wanted us to view her as the hero of this story, and it feels like the show has not really earned the hard turn that it's made with her. Um, And I thought it was a fake out going into this episode. I don't think it's a fake out now. I think this is their point is they want to, and, and, you know, I think that I understand the point they're trying to make. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But I, I think Daenerys is the, is the core of a lot of people's frustration with this season is that this is a character we've seen for all this time. And now the moves she's making, I'm not sure if they line up with how I viewed this character up to now.
1: Exactly. Last week, when we see Daenerys storm off away from the walls of the Red Keep, and she's angry at Missandei's death, I was on her side. I was like, "Yeah, Daenerys, destroy King's Landing, do all these things." Not destroy King's Landing. Yeah, Daenerys, mm. use your dragons, do the thing. This is going to be great. But watching it this week and how it all went down, I am so much less well, enthusiastic. The bells, the bells, the bells, the
0: bells, the bells, Brian. The bells. Oh, the the, the bells. name of the episode oh, that is that is our moment. But we we, we aren't there yet. Um, We're not there yet. We we in the, it, basically what in these scenes what. Um, she points out is that uh, Cersei is counting on our mercy. Uh, That is, that is our weakness. Um, And uh, Tyrion is basically saying, please say the people of King's Landing, um, you know, I think it's interesting here, and and again, I think the show has omitted a bunch of stuff, which is fine. But like Tyrion doesn't, I don't see Tyrion offering insight as the hand of the queen anymore. I just see him begging for people's lives, and clearly there's a battle plan going on here, but we never see the battle plan. Uh, I would, I would have kind of liked. I don't need to see lots of maps, but I would have kind of liked a little more of an indication that Tyrion is also helping with strategy in a good way, and that he's a helpful person because because instead all we're really getting is please my sister please for mercy listen for the bells um and I would have liked to him you know see a little more well-rounded like he also has value because instead um all all Daenerys you talk about manipulative lines she says oh by the way you uh, we captured your brother and uh, the next time you fail me will be the last time so oh yeah, yeah. that was bad <laughs> another ultimatum from Daenerys the, the, the and what this episode really wants us to do is say oh she's she's actually like her Dad, she's a she's a bad one. She's a bad one who kills people and <laughs> yeah. issues ultimatums and you know she's not even in charge yet and she's already a bad ruler. Um I just uh you know what we see in this season, yeah, uh okay, but not sure I buy the turn that's all
1: exactly there really wasn't much strategizing and there really wasn't much information
0: given from Tyrion they, to daenerys right. they and clearly I, have I, a plan I, right somewhere somehow a battle plan was put together about how the dragon is used and all of that and they withheld it from us because they wanted it to be a surprise that's okay i just i feel like it makes Tyrion feel completely useless like why why are you keeping <laughs> him around at all if he's not offering like can you remind us that he's a brilliant tactical guy who has mm-hmm. value to being in the room but we haven't seen that this season Given how much
1: they glossed over any sort of battle plan or strategy talk, I thought there would be a twist this episode during the battle where, you know, almost like in a heist movie where you don't see them plan the heist, but then the heist starts to go off and then they cut back and forth between, you know, training the computer guy, training the explosives guy. And there's like, you see the training for and planning of the heist during the heist, and it's almost a twist how the heist goes down. I thought they would do that this episode with like, oh, and now suddenly there's another flank coming in, and that's the twist of the episode, Mm. is that this is how they destroy King's Landing, but they didn't, and they really reduced every single piece of strategy talk down to Tyrion's one very important line about the bells.
0: Yeah, So Tyrion uh, has a plan, which is he's going to ask Davos to get a boat, and he's going to go and use his power as the hand to the queen to get the unsullied who he doesn't speak unsullied in a brief funny moment in this episode he's very bad at whatever language it is that the unsullied speak and they're like i would like
1: to eat the skull yeah eater. We,
0: we would uh, how about uh, we speak common all right i'm gonna see the prisoner and you're all dismissed uh, because i i outrank you and they're like okay and they're they're out of there and it's uh and it is uh, our moment very clearly our moment of farewell between Tyrion and Jamie um and uh, Jamie gets caught because they spotted his metal hand. Turns out, and he says, "Well, they did call- Cersei did call me the stupid Lannister." <laughs> um, but Tyrion tries again with a like, "But think of your child. Think of your child." Um, and and this has been one of those things that Tyrion keeps going on about. And Jamie's got the right answer, which is, "This is why she's doing this. Like this is this is the reason she's doing this. It's not it's not a reason to save people. It's why she's going to destroy everything." Um, and. Tyrion says, again, the city will fall tomorrow. And I think this is important, too, because we've seen the vulnerability of the dragons. And I thought this was like a a fake-out, where they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to win tomorrow. And So many thoughts. Right? And... and, (laughs) And... he says no 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 i know the city better than anyone will fall and again this is where i say i feel like a little bit of a better hint about the strategy i know they wanted to be a surprise but a little bit more about them strategizing because the last couple of times we've seen their planning it hasn't gone well you know they got they got uh overrun by the zombie horde they uh lost a dragon to uh to euron and his scorpion like I wanted a little more confidence that I didn't feel that they uh, they earned from me. Uh, and so I thought it was weird where Tyrion's like, look, I know the city it will fall tomorrow. Now, it turns out they're absolutely right. But I thought it was weird <laughs> that they, they treat it as a fait accompli. We, we, look, jamie and, and what Tyrion's doing here is saying, "Jamie, sneak in using the way I sn- snuck out. There's a nice callback to... Uh, when Jamie helped Tyrion escape, Tyrion is now uh, helping Jamie escape and says, "I didn't know I get to repay the favor. Go sneak back in where mm. I snuck out and uh, get Cersei and escape to Pentos and uh, and just run away. And you know, you guys don't have to die today. And that's that's sort of Tyrion's big master strategy stroke is to get his uh, to give his sister and brother one last chance at." you know redemption like he hates the, he hates her but he doesn't want his family to all die
1: i see your relevant message in slack about this and we'll hold off on uh on euron for a little bit but i have two things to say about the uh Tyrion and jamie scene one i cried I'll admit mm-hmm. it. I cried at the scene. Their last hug was so beautiful. And two, there was a moment, um, there was a thing on Twitter where someone screencapped that scene and said, this is the first time Tyrion has ever been framed as taller than Jaime. <laughs> and there, there's a beautiful moment where like, okay, this is how we're going to be doing this. I'm going to be saving you. I'm going to be unlocking you this time. I loved it. And even though they've had their differences for sure, it made me, this is one of the moments in the show that made me really feel like This is something I've invested almost a decade of my life into, and this is the kind of emotional payoff of, I know we're never going to see each other again. Here's a hug between brothers. I loved it. I love this scene.
0: Yep. Um, Uh, He also says says your queen will execute you for this, and and Tyrion gets to be a little (laughs) bit heroic and basically say, look... Uh, there are tens of thousands of innocent lives that I could save. I am a very not innocent dwarf. It seems like a fair trade. Um, and then the, the their last line is you were the only one who didn't treat me like a monster. He says, and oh. I wouldn't have survived without you. And, and it's uh, a, yeah, yes, it is a, it is a good moment uh, about these characters because it's very clearly the last time they're going to see each other. And this show has not shied away from people saying goodbyes and having it be clear that these are goodbyes. These are actual goodbyes. We need that last moment with them.
1: Exactly. Uh, uh, the next bit, I believe, is the, um, is like the start of the battle. Is that what we're talking about next?
0: So Euron's out there. They're preparing for battle. Arya and the Hound are making their way inside. Jamie is also sort of making his way inside. The Golden Company is standing outside. We get a shot of <laughs> Circe <laughs> Golden look, looking out the window where Tommen jumped. And uh, uh, what, what I like about that shot too is you can see um, the ruins of the Sept of Baelor because I, I was mm. like, hey, remember when they blew that up? Well, there it is. There. You can see the ruins there. And uh, this is... The, uh, and actually the Hound and our Arya get in uh, just in time, and Jamie doesn't, so he has to use his knowledge of King's Landing geography to find his way somewhere else, because he doesn't get into the uh, the Red Keep in time. And uh, everybody looks to the skies. This is also the first time
1: we see the uh, mother and daughter that we follow throughout the episode. Yes. We see a mother and daughter scampering, trying to get into the gate. And they don't, and because, because of the Hound and Arya yes. getting in just in mm-hmm. front of them. Yeah, uh, They look to the skies, and what bothered me, the only like logic thing that bothered me about this episode... Was that last week? We saw the Golden Company destroy a dragon almost instantly, and everyone retreated. They destroyed a the whole fleet. It well, was really bad. Wasn't the Golden Company what right? Changed? It was.
0: It was the. It was the. It was the Ironborn. It was. Uh, it the was Euron's fleet. Right. So what changed? I, what I I got this one. I got this one which is um they were surprised that they were there with an upgraded scorpion and this time they know exactly what this weapon is and daenerys has strategy again that we don't see them pre-strategizing about but she flies out of the sun she knows that they're slow to reload and they're slow to turn and so she flies in a pattern where by the time they get around to her she can destroy them and i think that the episode sort of showed that, that and then the ones on the walls a similar way that once once they get a chance to fire uh, she can go in for the Kill and she's got a better idea now that she's prepared and she knows what they can do in a way that she wasn't expecting last time when she got caught by surprise. So I feel like I feel like it played fair. It did. It is a problem in the sense that you you are basically saying, look at this enemy. They are so powerful. How will you defeat them? And the next episode, you say it was actually quite easy to defeat them. But I do think they tried to show why she was able to kind of uh, move around and destroy the scorpions.
1: That makes sense. That's exactly how I feel about the Nazi biker gang in Breaking Bad, where for one of my favorite shows of all time, the final villain that they wind up facing is not in my opinion, a worthy enough adversary for the main characters to have to deal with. And I thought last week what happened was that they show up at King's Landing, they're just they destroy the dragon with one of the bolts from the crossbow. And it wound up like I, I thought that was the show broadcasting that Daenerys was screwed. Mm-hmm. But I guess like I feel like not enough changed this week for Daenerys and the dragon to be so adept at avoiding them I don't know maybe there's just off screen head cannoning we can do but that was the one thing that really gave me well, pause like about, I said like she was nothing caught, changed
0: she was caught by surprise last time and now they know that they're there and they've got a plan and she you know she goes really high and then comes down out of the sun and 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 uh, they have a hard time targeting her and she, they have to fire straight up and she dodges that and at that point she gets down low and is in among them and they have to turn their, they're trying to turn around and reload and they fail so it worked it worked (laughs) for me I loved uh
1: seeing like the close-ups of the people running the crossbows it was like crossbow c- by committee where there's one person go go behind us yeah. go behind us okay and then everyone right? twists and, and they're, go in front, and go they're in front. overwhelmed really
0: funny <laughs> they're overwhelmed with that which is which is uh this is actually where i wrote in my notes i assume there was a battle plan we didn't see but they the, the yeah. you know this is the uh, the scorpions have been destroyed kyburn has to break the news to so, seriously the scorpions are gone she's like wow well, we can take them down and he's like no they she blew up all my scorpions the iron fleet uh, the iron fleet will protect us no it's burning and the harbor well our men will fight harder than those stupid sellswords because the golden company has also been basically uh set on fire by a dragon and (laughs) i think i think i think the argument here is um that these were set up to be super big impediments but i think the assumption was if a dragon the dragon is and and i'm going to come back to this actually the dragon is a weapon of mass destruction that's b- more clear than ever. And what the assumption here was, it's a fair fight if there are no dragons. So if mm-hmm. the Scorpion plan works, um, they then they've got the Golden Company to take out their ragtag bit of northern and Dothraki troops. And then it's a fair fight and, and they may li- win or lose, but it'll be close. But if the dragon can manage to disarm the anti-dragon <laughs> weapons... <laughs> Uh, then it's over and that that's basically the truth right is that is that as the loot train taught us and as we've seen in a couple other places if you can if the dragon has nothing to hurt it you can't defeat it it's over exactly and watching Cersei
1: be like oh we're fine we're fine we're fine made me feel a little bit better about the fact that I was confused as well like why is this so easy compared to last week and yeah, she has more experience and knows what to expect but watching Cersei feel the exact same thing I felt like oh well they destroyed this oh okay well they destroyed this that made me feel a lot better about my own confusion so So, (laughs) I'm disturbed that I identify with Cersei in that way
0: I'm, (laughs) I'm of two minds about Cersei too because I feel like sometimes Cersei I read her as being that she's kind of lost it, um, and and other times I think it's all part of her strategy. And there's a moment in the books actually where I thought, uh, and I think George R. R. Martin really leans into like she is she is just a uh, kind of a crazy person, and. No, nobody around her can get her to listen to reason. And I felt like, I felt that vibe tonight, which is like, for her to get where she is, she's had to have this iron will, and she's gonna, like, we're gonna make it. And she has made it through all of these kind of unbelievable situations. And so she is totally out of touch with reality, but you know can you blame her at this point she's she's mm-hmm. managed to make it work before her guy has a plan they've already taken out a dragon like she feels pretty good and when it all starts to go wrong she can't believe it and i find that i find that believable even though it is um it is weird, right? It's super weird to see her sitting there in complete denial, but that's, I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for somebody like her to have in that moment, like just not even considering the possibility that she could lose.
1: Exactly. And I also want to call out again in this moment of really bad treatment and writing of women in this episode that even though we've had literal eight years of Cersei being a person who does not understand how ruling works and all of that, this is a, another moment of a woman being disconnected from reality in a way that made me a little uncomfortable to watch.
0: Well, it is it is true that we have these women in leading roles, but it is also true that this show is now seemingly commenting about the fact that the, the women who are the leaders are uh, not suitable, and I think that's, I think, like, think they're the multiple layers of meaning and when you get to that second layer there's sort of a like, oh, wait a second like Daenerys was supposed to be the counterpoint right to Cersei and is she now like that's the I, I think that's part of the problem um if game of thrones were worse they would be like a we're not that dissimilar you and i mm, between Well the instead they just stare <laughs> they they just look at each other from afar uh while the dragons on the city wall but we're almost there so Tyrion we're is almost at, there. so they face the the you know the dragon blows a hole in the in the wall and the troops pour in and they face off with the, the Lannister troops in the city Tyrion is out there looking at the breached wall uh the dragon lands uh, uh, the, the, the Lannister troops drop their swords, um, Jamie continues advancing, trying to get in somewhere. Daenerys has landed on the wall and is waiting. There is an exchange of looks, not that they can see each other, but like still looks, where it's like Tyrion and Cersei and Daenerys and everybody's waiting and you know, John is waiting and the bells ring, which was Tyrion's point of like, that means they've surrendered, you should spare them and he's told everybody that's what you should do with the bells ring. They surrender and we have that moment and this is the moment that is the key moment of the episode, maybe the series wait wait hang on hang on hang on and go oh no the bells shame 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 ding um (laughs) yeah the uh the moment is that she decides and so it's like why does Daenerys do this well Daenerys has decided so first Daenerys is mad about the people she's lost Daenerys is furious that her Uh, what she thought was a clear claim to the throne is now muddied. She feels that people are being uh, disloyal to her. She's being betrayed all around. She, I'm, I'm just trying to say, take this from a logical standpoint. Daenerys has decided it is better to be feared and that fear being feared is her only move. She must be the destroyer queen and rule under the fear of like, she destroyed King's Landing, she will not uh you know you will not face her and live so you must bend the knee this is her solution to this issue of how does she become the queen in the end after all of this this is what she feels that she's been pushed to by the legitimacy claims uh now what i would say and i I think um this uh, nobody thought that i going into this episode that i would be comparing daenerys targaryen to somebody like harry s truman But here I am, which is this is this is the moment where Daenerys has decided, do I want to do I want to not only get revenge on my enemies, but also slaughter innocent people in order to send a message, strike fear in the hearts of my enemies and have the potential for an ongoing battle over who's in charge to be stopped in the, its tracks, and I'm not saying it's a perfect parallel, but this is using a weapon of mass destruction on a populace that cannot defend itself. Mm. When the when the battle is over, and the decision that Daenerys makes is, as as I wrote in my notes, she flies. Oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. And at that point, it is a spectacular sequence of events. Also, I will I will say, um, and and there's the moment where Grey Worm. Puts like a spear in the back of a, of a of a Lannister guy who's oh turned, my God. and oh. they and they swarm over them, and 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 it all goes to hell immediately, right? Because not only is she destroying the city, but the army and Jon Snow looks on in horror too. Like all of their forces, they begin to ransack the city. They kill innocent people. Uh, the, you know, there's a scene later where a guy drags a woman into an alley, and then Jon kills him. Um, attempted and- rape should not be attempted
1: rape in this show at this point in twenty fucking 90- well, I mean, that. they
0: want, they want John, you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to give John a heroic moment there, but like, okay, John, well, there's the 80 other women in alleys too, but there's the, you got the one. Okay. That's something. But what I wanted to say is I'm like when they start killing the Lannisters and, uh, the, and the Lannister army, it's interesting what the show has to do to make you really understand that that this is an atrocity that's happening is because, because at first I'm sitting there thinking, do they really want me to be sad about them slaughtering all these Lannister guys, even though they put down their, their swords? Because I remember Jamie riding with his Lannister guards and, and all his fancy clothes and slaughtering all of Ned Stark's people in season one. And... I actually have no problem with them completely slaughtering the Lannister army. The problem is, about 30 seconds later, they're killing everybody else too. And at that point, it's like, okay, you have gone on. This is no longer armies at war. This is now, like I said, a war crime. It is an atrocity that is being committed. And John is clearly deeply disturbed by it. And so on one level, I find this really fascinating, because this is Daenerys saying, I must become the feared monster- ruler that my father was if I'm going to rule and she would rather do that than not rule. And meanwhile, Uh, John is there on the ground looking kind of hapless, which I find funny that the show is semi-arguing that John would be a better king, while at the same time, he can't even command his men to not like rape and pillage. So he's really great at that leading people. I don't see it.
1: (laughs) So I think you clarified something for me that I couldn't clarify until now. This scene, this whole sequence for the rest of the show made me feel the exact same dread that I felt during season one when Ned Stark and his whole posse of people were being downtrodden upon Mm -hmm. by the Lannisters and it was it's very similar to the moment where you know they're killing all the Stark men they've captured Ned and they decapitate him and I feel like this is the same kind of sadness and tragedy and negativity of course it's going to be sad of course it's going to be terrible this I would argue this show is a tragedy and seeing this episode really clarified how happy things have been going for for the past few episodes because you know they destroy the night king uh the starks are all back together in winterfell they uh they kill Littlefinger last season they uh they do all these things and it felt really good and it's almost like they wanted to remind you that this show is so bleak and dark and well,
0: bad and like ooh. yeah i think and i think part of the source of people being frustrated by this this uh season is going to be that um Maybe they have some expectations here about the characters and how they're going to end up. I think in hindsight, you're going to be able to look. We'll see what happens next week. But you're going to be able to look at at this whole thing and say, look, George R.R. Martin's point all along has been that the people who rule are not the people most qualified Mm -hmm. and that having an all powerful ruler is a bad idea and it's bad for everybody who isn't in the chain of command and it was bad before and it'll be bad again. And the answer of who wins the game of Thrones is nobody, but the King. And that is what the, and so we'll see what happens. And if there is a, a, you know, whether it makes an attempt to do something a little more upbeat in the last episode or not, wouldn't be hard. But, um, (laughs) what, what this episode is saying is to become the queen Daenerys must become a mass murderer that is what this episode says and I think leaving aside the way she's been depicted in other episodes and how they want to make us feel and our expectations leaving aside a bunch of stuff and 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 the depiction of women in the show for the whole time I, I think there is an argument to be made that that is a very clear political statement baked into this universe from the very beginning which is of course the only way to win is to become a monster. That like that is there's no good way to win the game of thrones. You just have to kill everybody else and that is what this episode is kind of about is you know at least that Daenerys has embraced that there isn't something better here. That that's exactly. that's the only that I mean you could really argue this is her only move but she chooses to make the move anyway.
1: The other thing I want to point out is in that moment when the bells start ringing, there's a really tight close-up on Daenerys' face, and she starts to grimace and think and churn, and we see the gears turning. And I would like to put forth the theory that more than anything else, because of the conversation about the bells earlier between her and Tyrion, this whole decision to go, I am become Death the Story of Worlds on King's Landing is... All about Tyrion and the Lannisters, because if you think about the chain of betrayal that she cited earlier about going from John to Sansa to Tyrion to Varys, Tyrion is one of the only people aside from John that she has control over in that chain. And for the sake of getting to get, getting Tyrion and like wanting to stick it to him and spare innocent millions of people, I think that's the main reason she decided to destroy King's Landing and kill all the innocent Hmm. people because of the fact that this is something that Tyrion wanted despite the fact that he's been screwing up his Hand of the King and he's been he was involved in the betrayal of her about John. So I think that is the main driving reason, despite all the other things. Like it, we, we've we talked about all the other things that have gone into her feeling this way and wanting to destroy all these different things. And I think, or I hope at least that next week we get some kind of reckoning about it, that there's going to be some kind of scene between her and Tyrion trying to unpack what's going on. And of course that scene's going to happen, but I want it to be focused on the Lannister family, more than i want it to be focused on king's landing as a place as a thing that she destroyed
0: yeah um i'm not sure i entirely agree that like that it's it's about uh, it's about Tyrion, but certainly that is like Tyrion's words are not going to be the thing that convinces her not to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jamie is down. The dragon's knocking over towers and it's just like, it's death and destruction in King's landing. Uh, Jamie is uh, he's, he's on the shore. He's decided to go in the back way where he was supposed to come out. Uh, he's at the dinghy that has been left there by the onion night. Uh, but guess what? You're in gray Didn't die. Uh, they have a big fight um he says you could kill another king before you die and Jamie's like you're not a king and he said well you know and he reveals that he has been uh, uh having sex with with uh, Jamie's sister the queen so that can't be good for Jamie he can't be happy and then they 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 fight and he stabs him and it looks like Jamie's going to die of uh, of stab wounds um in the end I'm just going to skip ahead there's a lot of intercutting here <laughs> in, in the end um Jamie gets up there's i liked a lot of how this fight was choreographed and shot um including um i'm a sucker for that scene where somebody's down on the ground and they're trying to get to a weapon that's just out of reach yeah Uh, there's a lot of that in here and in the end jamie kills euron um but not before you know euron is like well yeah but you're not going to make it either so i get to be the guy who killed jamie lannister and jamie's basically like whatever, dude, like I'm out of here. This (laughs) fight,
1: this fight was the only time I was scared of somebody dying in the episode because the show has been really good so far this season about giving people a nice goodbye about when, Um, about when they die what they do right as they're dying and just before they die and how much they've like contributed to the world and everything they've done and this was the one moment where I thought no Euron Greyjoy cannot kill Jamie Lannister right which was great because like it it felt like there was uh, you know especially with all the people making charts of who was going to die at the battle of Winterfell and who's going to die at the battle of King's Landing and all these different things I feel like this is the one time where I was screaming no this can't be how he died and going back to again the Nazi biker gang and Breaking Bad this is not a worthy enough character for one of our main characters in the very last moment of the
0: show yeah i think you're on some nazi biker gang i think that works
1: um the uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing is that you yep. mentioned the intercutting this felt like you know this whole episode felt like the third act of a marvel movie Jumping back and forth between different things at mm-hmm. just the right time and sure. I think it worked from an editing perspective, but it was also exhausting to watch
0: yeah i i you know I was carried away by it. I thought that technically this is this is the, this is the funny thing in talking about this episode is that I think technically this episode is brilliant and I think it's very yes. exciting to watch. I think the themes are troubling and uh, I'm not sure it I think I think if you're if you're critical of of the way that this show has been plotted and the way that they're trying to find I think it would be very easy. Hold two thoughts in your mind, which is one: this was a an amazingly built episode of television, and also I'm not sure that the story holds together with the larger story. I think you could hold both of those in your head at once, and I that's sort of where I'm leaning. But in the moment, I thought, as opposed to two weeks ago, the with the battle with the the um, the dead, which I didn't super enjoy. I, I I wasn't like Monty and hated the whole thing, but I also thought that they kind of misstepped technically. I have no complaints technically about this episode. It's very well put together. It's it's kind of amazing. The um uh seriously, still watching from above. There are some moments earlier too that I, I should mention because they happen in the same moment. I love those moments where things are silent and people are hearing things explode in the distance because it's that moment of like, oh boy. Something's coming. Like, it's happening on the other side. And so Cersei has that, too, where she's looking out and then there are explosions. It's like, mm, you know, but but it's ominous because it's not here yet, but it's going to be here. It's started. It's happening. But this is the moment where Kyburn Ky- uh, says, um, it isn't safe here anymore. Uh, they breached the gates. Uh, and she's like, no, it's safe. And it's like, okay, she is now in denial. And again, mm-hmm. I kind of believe it because I think this happens. I, I just, I this is... You've you can't believe it. She had no doubt that she would be fine, and that's that what a whole
1: lifetime of living in that castle and uh, you know believing that the Red Keep can't be breached is exactly She's, what led
0: to her downfall. She survived. Yeah. Uh, she survived this far. So um, another moment that I thought is really good here is that we see a shot of the of the city as Daenerys is just flying around on a dragon, destroying things, and. um there are bursts of green explosions, too. So Kyburn has had wildfire, which we know from the Battle of the Blackwater and all of that, and for also uh, when they blew up the Sept of Baelor. He's got stashes all over the city, and they're all blowing up, too, which I thought was a good touch that, um, of course, there's wildfire. We've seen it before, and Kyburn has still got it around, and now that's all being detonated in the flames of this. So that adds to the damage of the city is the green explosions from the wildfire that's being ignited
1: when I thought there was going to be some sort of strategy twist to the episode I thought that the twist would be Tyrion knows where all the wildfire is and Daenerys is going to go breathe fire on it and destroy the entire city Um, almost like your nuclear bomb and I feel like the like the fact that it was there made sense and I feel like that was one of those moments where if it wasn't there the fans would be like where's the wildfire and the wildfire is like off with Ghost doing who knows what like in the in the annals of the characters that people love to remember but the was the wildfire <laughs> truthers are
0: out there they're like but there's still wildfire hidden under the ruins of king's landing If somebody could get that like nope they blew it all up people they blew it all yep. up um, exactly so Arya and the hound make it to the map room everybody's favorite big map of westeros that's got crap coming down on it from above now and we get the big farewell scene between Arya and the hound where she's gonna come and they're gonna kill cersei together and he says go home girl um I've wanted revenge all my life. Look at me. You want to be like me? You came with if you come with me you're going to die here and he, he and he takes her kind of puts his hand behind her head and it's very much the most expression of love that um he will ever be able to express for anyone and uh, she calls him by his name and says "Sándor, thank you" and then she leaves. So this is the the hound saying, you know, don't follow on my path anymore. You deserve to live. You have other things to do. But that it's a that is one of these moments that I think is is earned and is great about having seen that relationship over the course of many years.
1: Exactly, exactly. That was a nice moment. But also, Sandor calling him that, real great. Um, I also had a theory that, um, that Arya was the person who... Was Jamie as like a faceless person ah, yeah. later on? So that would have worked out nicely for this moment as well, but that that wound up not
0: happening. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think I think there's still another episode, Brian. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> uh, so uh, a tower is collapsing as they're descending the stairs with Cersei. The mountain kind of like protects her and lets the rubble hit him and they it's very skyrim yeah there's a very funny moment where where uh a- after he like lifts the rubble up and and cersei and kyburn and and the, the mountain are still there it's like well i guess we're outside now <laughs> like, the, the whole tower is <laughs> gone and they're just like it's open to the air and there are these stairs and uh and this is the moment where we get uh the uh the the, the sandor the hound confronts kyburn the mountain and and uh, Cersei, um, hello, big brother, and all of that. And it's one of those things where Mountain is going to go kill his brother. That is what he is here on this planet to do. And uh, Cersei's like, no, no, stay with me. And Kyburn's like, you, you, you obey. You must obey. And the Mountain just like grabs Kyber and throws him and kills him, um, which I thought was good because um, every Frankenstein monster needs to kill its creator, right? Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It works out nicely.
0: Um, It's fitting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Couldn't happen to uh, a nicer we, guy. guy. See you later, Kyburn. <laughs> we get a uh, face reveal of the mountain. Yes, and yes. The, the, the helmet
0: comes off. The Darth Vader reveal happens, oh, and it's very Darth Vader-y. It's so Darth Vader. I loved it. Oh, And th- that happens as Cersei's like, well, I'm out of here. And she leaves. <laughs> so, I also kind of liked, which is like... I can't uh, yeah. believe it. Yeah, he's not it, interested in her. He's interested in killing his brother. And, uh, and uh, we get some more intercutting here, because then we get... We get the brothers, so we'll take that. The brothers fight, and they fight, and they fight. Then they they smash their swords, and it's and there's things falling all around them, and there's fire, and there's dragons flying by, and it's very spectacular. And in the end, the hound runs him through with a sword. But of course, the mountain is not alive anymore, so that doesn't kill him. And he pulls the sword out, and he tries to strangle him, and they try to it's like tries to squish uh, the hound's eyes, and the hound gets a a short sword or a knife and puts it right through his head, and that doesn't kill him because, of course, he can't be killed really because he's been raised by Kyburn. And that's the moment where the Hound finally decides to end it by uh, running at him and pushing him over through the crumbling wall. And there's a moment where, um, where I, I uh, it was Groundhog Day basically, where I said to Lo- <laughs> said to Lauren, "I'm not sure that a fall from that height is going to kill the mountain." And then they go through like a giant fireball, and I'm like, well okay maybe not now maybe maybe he's gone now
1: (laughs) maybe he's not dead yeah uh i loved his laughter as he realizes this is not going to be something he gets to leave alive so he's like oh you brother just gotta go for it and that was such a fitting end for him and it was one of those you know especially with the scene about revenge and how it's consumed him of course it makes sense this is how he died i loved it
0: i i would have you know i would have liked for him to have a more of a sacrifice where he you know runs into the flames or something like that in order to save somebody and do something Good and be redeemed, but you know what? He wasn't going to be redeemed. You know, he the, his, oh, redemption, not. his redemption his uh, redemption was saving Arya. That was his redemption, one hundred percent. Meanwhile, Cersei ends up down in uh, in Mapland where her brother is, and uh, they have their moment of a reunion, and uh, and he needs to take her. Out of here, so they go down to the where the dragon skulls are because he's going to take her, and they're going to do Tyrion's plan, and they're going to go to the boat. And guess what? Uh, the the rocks have fallen and blocked the escape route, and it's in this or moment. Well, I mean they yeah, they blocked There the was a route.
1: little bit of light at the very top that I believe they could have climbed out of. Continue your recap. I have things to All say. All right.
0: Well, anyway, so so I think it's pretty clear that Jamie knows that they can't get out of this and so he uh spends that last moment with Cersei and has her look in his eyes and say it's just us. Uh, look at me. Nothing else matters only us uh' nice something that that has been said before as the uh the arches that are protecting this under part of the crypt collapse one by one until the one right above them collapses at which point I'm going to say it they are crushed to death.
1: They are crushed to death mm-hmm. uh I feel like this is one of the most controversial moments of the show. If Twitter's anything to go by right now. Uh, First of all, I loved watching Cersei panic this much because of course, after all this time, she deserves it. It's very similar to Joffrey's death where like, thank God, finally one of the Lannisters got what they deserved. And again, I feel really sick for being happy about watching someone panic about dying. But after again, eight seasons of Cersei being a horrible person, it was nice to see that little moment Two, I don't think she deserved to see Jamie again before she died. But I think Jamie deserved to see Cersei before he died. And there's a distinction. (laughs) The other thing is that people are really freaking out and thinking that, uh, Oh my God, I can't believe the show let them just crush to be crushed to death instead of having like a big Epic moment together. And again, I saw a little sliver of light at the top of the uh, pillars of thing. I truly believe, oh, and I, this is the hill Brian's I will die on. This Brian's is
0: rubble-based conspiracy corner. There's a lot of this rubble the- over in the conspiracy <laughs> corner, Brian, but there might be a glimmer of light. Oh
1: God, this is the hill I will die on. Vis a vis this episode. Pile of rubble. Is a pile of rubble. I believe that Jamie intentionally kept Cersei down in the crypts, and therefore, Jamie did kill Cersei. Bing, bada-bing, okay.
0: bada-bing, bada bing. I rest my case. All right. All right. Certainly, he gives up at that point. I, I will tell you, I wish, and, and maybe this is like the Hound. Um, maybe this is just how it had to be. I was hoping that Jamie would have a better death. I was hoping that he would you know i i don't think it's consistent with his character to kill cersei but i i was hoping that like you said like that he would have a moment where he realized that he could continue, prolong this but instead he chooses to basically like sit there with her and have them both die rather exactly. than them escape but you know i don't i don't think your your sliver of light above the rubble uh, is going to do <laughs> it for me like if he had if he had uh, made a choice of like you know i it's uh, this door is right here but oh, it's blocked with rubble i guess we can't get out like then that might be different but but
1: uh that's true i again i fully admit i could be dan moore and watching phantom menace 10 times in theaters but i loved this episode and i love this moment yeah. in particular where i was able to read into jamie's character as someone who you know wanted to kill cersei i,
0: I guess <laughs> i think i think the truth of Jamie is that he's always been this complex character he is. He has this love for his sister, but also, we've seen his capacity for good. And then when he leaves Brienne last week, it's him saying, you've only seen my capacity for good. You don't know all the terrible things I've done. And in some ways that is him, you know, is he running back to his sister and his old life or is he going to make an end of it? Or, and in this moment, even, I think that that's the question is, are they running away together? Really? He knows he's going to die. He's got, his wounds are probably mortal. And, um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, in the end, have the chance to save her, but he does die with her. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's fitting in that way. I want Jamie to be better, but that was the point last week. He's not. He, he's a man that he is tragic because he was capable of great good. And because of his twisted relationship with his sister, he did more bad than good so much
1: so that he very intentionally left Winterfell with a very happy relationship
0: in order to be with Cersei again yes. in the moment of their deaths. Yes, he, he knew he had to go back there To Cersei, even after all of that, even after being with Brienne and uh, somebody who sees the good in him. And I think there's some self-loathing involved in that, that this relationship he has with his sister, suffice it to say, is not healthy. We've known that for a while, but it is is basically his destruction. It's it's what has led him, as he said, for Cersei, like it has led him to do all of this great evil.
1: Exactly, and just between you and me, no one listening to no. this, right? Just between mm-hmm. you and me, uh, I completely misread last week's episode where uh, where Jamie leaves Winterfell um, in order to go to King's Landing. I thought for sure that he was fighting for. Uh, the North against King's Landing, instead of trying to infiltrate yeah. King's Landing to be with with Cersei. And when uh, Daenerys' armies captured him, I thought for sure Tyrion's role would be okay. Let's clear this up. You're not here to help the Lannisters you're here to help us right but that didn't happen and I was so confused for a second until we just had this conversation so I completely misread what was going on (laughs) in the show it's it's Um, family that's okay Brian I didn't
0: I didn't get that the reason that Varys and and Tyrion knew about John was because of Sansa I thought Ah, that I thought that there were two paths of information there but there weren't there was only one but I only watched it the one time and I I missed that part apparently Uh, it's really really hard to
1: watch the episode twice before we record this show
0: it's not not what we're trying to do here. You put it
1: on two TVs next to each other and try to take it in twice. It doesn't work. I tried it so, once.
0: So the what we're left with now is Arya. So Arya is was at the heart of the Red Keep when the Hound told her to get out. So she's got a long way to go. She's running through the streets. At this point, I and, and I'll get to it in a bit. But um, this is the point where I wrote down. I see where this is going. So she runs through the streets. Um... She, uh, while well, the Cleganes are fighting and all of that, she gets knocked down. She gets back up. Um, she gets a tower, basically, almost falls on her. She gets uh, back up again. There are people who have hidden from the destruction in the streets in a room. And she says, If you stay here, you're going to die. We got to go. But then they run out in the street and they're like a bunch of dithraki going by and they're just killing people. And there's a dragon going by and it is setting people on fire. And she's trying to save this mom and the little girl and then the mom fall, it gets chopped by a Dothraki and they're trying to get her up and then the girl uh, runs back to be with her mom just as the dragon comes by and presumably burns her alive and uh, and Arya is just on the other side of the wall um, you know it, it, we come back to her and 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 there's those last scenes and, and uh, Tyrion is in, in I think a shot of this too but it's the, like it's quiet all of a sudden and there's just sort of ash falling and there's this all this destruction in the city um, and this we where- see
1: some shots of a crispy body uh, or two crispy yeah, bodies. Bunch, I was pretty sure
0: that, that was I was pretty sure that, that was the mother and daughter that we saw at I the think very so. end of that episode I last think thing. that's yeah. the implication, yeah. Uh, this is this is what I wrote down. This is the use, this is what the show is trying to say here. This is the use of a weapon of mass destruction on a city full of civilians. That's what just happened. And uh Arya, even after all of this, is still alive. Everyone else around her is dead, but she has survived. Everyone, except a horse, there's a horse there. You know, hey,
1: I'm going to take my horse to the old town
0: road. I'm going to ride it till I can't no more. I found this horse. I think we need it if we find the lady. <laughs> hello, lady. Oh, hello, lady. <laughs> um, so she gets the horse. She walks up to the horse and gets the bridle and she's like going to ride the horse out of town. And I was.
1: Dude, I almost thought that that was like a vision of death or something hmm. that she has died and gone on to horse heaven or something. But that makes no sense. I so
0: this is when I'm going to bring all my notes together here. Um, Arya is the witness to Daenerys's crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cersei's. I, I mentioned how Varys' final act is to poison Daenerys. Even in death, he has seated her. Um, fate by revealing John's parentage. Cersei's ultimate victory is also that she has poisoned Daenerys. Cersei couldn't win, but Cersei could make it that Daenerys had to become a monster in order to take the throne. Or should I say, the pool of melted iron that oh, was the Iron Throne? No shots of the Iron Throne having rubble fall on it, but m- yeah. maybe they can fish it out or maybe not um no point in who's going to sit on the iron throne if the entire building the iron throne sits in is completely destroyed by a dragon by the way (laughs) but but in the end and this is what i was getting at when i said this is where i see i see where this is going is very early on when Arya is our viewpoint character in the streets and in the in the uh how it was made thing that they put on hbo right afterward the the producers are like well we need Arya down there because you really need to see one of our characters who you care about running around in the of all this chaos and you can really see the horror of it and i'm like that's true but you guys are liars <laughs> Arya is witnessing daenerys's crimes because aria is going to kill daenerys
1: oh 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 yep yep i was watching it with uh with some friends of mine and they one of the first things they said was like yeah aria's list is kind of moot now but now there's one really big target and yeah. that that makes a lot of sense aria Arya
0: and sansa are already aligned they are for john they are not for Daenerys. Arya has just witnessed in person, up close, the complete destruction of King's Landing uh, and all of the innocent people in it by Daenerys long after the battle was over. And, and
1: especially with your uh, your comments about how this is the equivalent of a me- weapon of mass destruction, compared to all the very fine moments where, like fine uh, is not the right word, the very precise moments of uh, Daenerys summoning the dragon and the fire breath on like specific people like varus earlier in the episode where it's a very quick fast death but when it's a weapon of mass destruction it's leaving people in misery completely yeah. burned she's like, just
0: painting horrible god thing it's after miserable. thing after thing right so so i feel like if i had to make a prediction for next week so um i'll dial it back for a second when i said the producers have made some decisions that i think are really interesting i you know leaving aside I think, valid arguments about like, is this the Daenerys we've been following all along or not? And, and and did they get the mixture right there? And what are they really saying about these women who are leaders? And that, uh, you know, is the man the better leader than the woman? And is that really what they're trying to say here? I'm going to leave that aside and just say um, that the way that this was was put together is interesting in the way that it is not structured as, as I expected or I think anybody expected that in the next to last episode penultimate episodes of seasons and series are always big The Wire taught me that A lot. Of, I love when series have their uh, their climax in the next to last episode and then the last episode is the fallout that's not quite what happened here but it's close they, we, we get the victory in the war against Cersei Lannister now they got to pick up the pieces next time what I didn't expect is that this was going to be the episode where Daenerys dropped a nuclear bomb and that the next episode was going to be the question of do, what price does she pay for doing that. And when I look at Arya on the ground, I have a hard time believe, I I can't decide how it's going to go next week, but I if I had to make a prediction, which I'm I don't have to, but I'm going to right now because I I've, I've gotten this far, I'm going to say that uh, Daenerys is going to be able to use what she did to start to set up her cruel rule as the queen and Arya is going to put an end to her. That's wow, that's yeah. my prediction.
1: I I was thinking about this too. Where what the show did in its penultimate episode is reduce the conflict down to. Um, I think next week is going to be a showdown between Daenerys. Tyrion and John and the Starks. Like, John and the Starks as a team. And that's it. And I think it's a really smart move in the pacing. Even though, yeah, there's definitely issues this season with pacing, I feel like one of the smarter things they did was set the stage perfectly for a massive thing happening this episode and then the fallout of it next week with just a very few specific set of characters. Because all the rest of them are dead, I guess. But, like, the uh, the showdown between Daenerys, Tyrion, and John is what the last episode's going to be about. And with one episode left, I think... That's a good episode size thing. When I first ended the, this episode, I thought, how are they going to come to a satisfying resolution in one hour and 30 minutes? But this, thinking about it in the context of just three people in the wake of the worst thing that's ever happened to King's Landing, hashing it out. It's going to be very talky. It's going to be very angry and very personal. It's not going to be, you know, a dragon breathing fire over millions of people. It's going to be three people maybe one or two stabs
0: well i think um also it's possible that what we're going to see is a bit of real politic where we're going to see you know Tyrion is the hand of the queen he's appalled by what she did he but he said he would stick by her trying to figure out a way to navigate this so that they can they can you know serve the realm and have everything kind of fall into place um how he does with that is unclear to me but i think that that'll will find that difficult wouldn't surprise me if what john is told is essentially go back to the north you can be the you know you, i'll make you the warden of the north i'll make you the 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 um lord of winterfell but uh, i don't want you here i want you at a distance mm-hmm. um but again then there's also our favorite faceless man who is going to be uh wearing a mask and uh stabby stabby is my (laughs) guess so and and that would be a fitting a fitting end to the show in a way is if the finally everything is settled and there's a ruler and that ruler is assassinated and so the game begins again
1: yeah this i feel like this show especially with um the parallels between uh the mad king and daenerys again they're in the same family i feel like it's that this whole thing is cyclical and if they made a game of thrones 2 it would be a new band of uprising people trying to take down daenerys and it like i saw a tweet uh uh, a little bit after the show ended it would be kind of badass if game of thrones ultimate message was like um
0: government sucks and rulers suck but also like it it I, I think I think monarchs, uh, absolute monarchs are terrible is ultimately the message of Game of Thrones. The books and and the, and the TV show is that nobody is really fit to rule if uh, they get rid of Daenerys and John is made the king and he was a noble king and everybody loved him. Hooray, John! I would be disappointed deeply yes. because that is not what this show is about. This show is about how the people uh, in charge uh, and wielding power get everybody around them killed and don't care and that the people suffer and Daenerys has made her name on this show, as somebody who cares about the people, but now she's killed a lot of people. So what? What does that? What does that get us? And I want to say again, I think there's a strong argument to be made that it's hard to draw a connection between the Daenerys we've seen before and this, like turning her into a monster in a couple of episodes because her uh, potential uh, claim to the throne has been questioned. I think there's a lot of discussion to be had about about that. I will say taking this episode on its face in terms of thinking about what happens next, that this episode makes her um, the villain of the piece. Now, that's interesting because we've been rooting for her all along. And on top of that, she really, you know, like I said earlier, her turn also kind of sudden like this is the problem and and they they played it up with like well you know you flip a coin with a targaryen and you never know what you're gonna get but like (laughs) you know i know she's made bad decisions over time but her goal ultimately has been to rule westeros but also to do it for the good of people and to change the world and in the end the only way she felt she could rule was by killing all the little people um uh, so I don't know where she goes from here. Uh, uh, you know, next week we'll see. But this episode makes it clear that um, that if she if she rules now, it's not a victory. I'll put it that way.
1: Exactly. I feel like the Daenerys's turn in this season was foreshadowed relatively well. I feel like they did a good enough job to establish her faith in the Targaryen line. And the way she's acted uh, with her very very powerful dragons in previous seasons, I feel like there's enough of a line to be drawn to this particular episode when she destroys All King's right. Landing. Um, but I also think that that is not the piece of media we need right now, and the writers should have done a better job with it.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, I think last season's destruction of, like I said, of um, the t- the uh, Tarleys. Yes was foreshadowing right that's the uh daenerys you shouldn't be burning people alive thing right like that (laughs) your family has a bad reputation of burning people alive and guess what you just burn people alive for political reasons you burn political opponents alive i yeah i think i think you're right i think there are um or or you may well be right let's say that uh, if you trace it back, because we've been also watching this in real time of broadcasting and like maybe, maybe Daenerys' story arc is a little bit clearer and you watch it all in a bunch versus over the course of nine years. But I think you're right also that it, even if that's the story they want to tell, it makes me uneasy that for the last three episodes what we've been told is that the powerful woman who has been working her entire life to be qualified to run this this kingdom is too emotional and too unstable. And this random dude who is has been living in the North the last few years and uh, was so great at his first leadership job that they all stabbed him to death. He's great. <laughs> oh, no! Right? Oh, no! That's the problem. And I like John. I am not one of these people who thinks Jon Snow is boring and uninteresting. I actually like Jon Snow a lot. I think he's a great character. And I think that, that uh, Kit Harrington does a good job. And I, I like I like Jon Snow. I'm not a Jon Snow hater. But I am troubled by the fact that here at the end, in a show that has had lots of woman problems in terms of how they've treated their women characters, and the fact that it's almost entirely men who write and direct this show, with a couple exceptions, very early in the show's run, that here at the end, what they basically said is this unqualified man is much better a ruler than this incredibly qualified woman and like okay maybe that's the story that george martin told you to tell maybe it's a story that you thought was a good idea a few years ago but as a theme even if you set it up it's like is this the story i want to watch is this what you're going to tell me in the end and i like Jon snow but like this is where you're going with this is don't you think she looks tired you know come on (laughs) Come
1: on, yeah. I uh, I hereby rescind my praise of uh, Benioff and Weiss as someone who's trying to take what George R. R. Martin wrote and twist it into, especially with Sansa, a good survivor story and how she has turned into a wonderful character. Hereby res- uh, rescind all of that praise. Uh, I have one more small prediction okay. about next week. Uh, the Game of Thrones intro will have a burned and crispy Kings Landing yeah. in it, or or there
0: will be no intro oh interesting i did like the uh, next time trailer which was basically destruction daenerys (laughs) the end
1: did not watch it but of course it's, they would like it's literally
0: on the final episode of game of thrones su- scene of destruction of king's landing image of daenerys surveying the destruction fade out and i was like that is what you should do for the finale nothing more yeah. what will happen will happen watch and find out and we'll watch and find out next week a day late but we'll be here a day late so you're gonna have to stu- <laughs> sorry about that folks it, it can't be helped my niece is graduating from high school and i have to fly across the country and then i have to fly back and it's a thing nice. but uh we will be back on monday the 20th to say goodbye to game of thrones maybe not to the game of thrones flashcast maybe we'll uh, do a rewatch sometime down the road we well, did season possible, one yeah maybe but uh maybe. next week's the last one anything else before we go brian uh
1: i really 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 wish the finale was shown in movie theaters i would absolutely pay ten dollars to watch the finale in a movie theater yeah. with a bunch of people yeah and yeah. i'm sad it, it seems like they're not unless they pull some like magical incredible feat of logistics together but i really doubt it's gonna happen yeah so
0: See. here's hoping oh well the uh yeah that would be quite a show well it's called home box office for a reason uh, it is it is all right well that is it for the game of thrones flashcast for this week thank you out there to everybody for listening those who have survived anyway survived the (laughs) horrible horrible trauma of king's landing who needs a capital city anyway i guess uh we'll be back next week brian thank you as always thank you jason i'll talk to you soon goodbye everybody
1: Bye.